Hello and welcome to episode 205 of the UK True Crime Podcast. I'm Adam. Thank you for taking the time to join me today as we head to North Yorkshire for a story of revenge, control and devastating violence. It really is a quite terrible and shocking story. But first, you'll probably have seen that the original CrimeCon is coming to London in June next year for the weekend. I'll be there and available all weekend for beers, of course, you're round, obviously. So it'd be awesome to see you there. Just head to crimecon.co.uk and use the code UKTC for your discount. I hope to be able to offer some free tickets to my Patreon supporters. And by the way, if you support me on Patreon with a new annual subscription, for a limited time you'll get two months free. Just head to patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. And talking of Patreon, before we begin, as always, a huge thank you to all my supporters, especially this week's new members of this exclusive club. That's Angela R. Kayler, John Bleasdale, Dawn Warren, MJ Houghton and Sat Birdie. Thank you all so much for your support, which is really so much appreciated. And a special shout out this week to another valued listener, Hayley Tilly. Your husband, Neil, wishes you a very happy wedding anniversary this Halloween, as do I. Among the ghouls and ghosts and other things out there, it's even more important to stay classy. I'm delighted this episode is sponsored by Witchy Woo Kitchen, which supplies crystals, salt lamps, incense, essential oils, atomizers and printed candles to order. And listeners to this podcast can now get a 20% discount on their bag of crystals by using the code UKTC until the 31st of October. This is the perfect gift to let your friends and loved ones know that you are thinking of them in these uncertain times. The items are ready to post or can be picked to order. It's entirely up to you. Just search Witchy Woo Kitchen on Facebook or follow the link in the show notes. Okay, on with our guest the month and year game about the events that were happening at the time of today's story. Top of the UK music charts was <laughs> Ed Sheeran with Perfect. In the US, it was Rockstar from Post Malone featuring Savage. And in the Australian album charts, it was Ed Sheeran again. Former US gymnastics physician Larry Nasser was sentenced to 60 years in prison on child pornography charges. Such a dreadful story. Saudi Arabia announced an end to its 35-year ban on cinemas. Coventry was named the UK City of Culture for 2021. Could be interesting. And Cheggers, Keith Chegwin, died aged just 60. Those of you a similar age to me will realise just why he was such a legend. I clearly recall watching Cheggers plays pop after school, don't you? And in UK true crime news, British surgeon Simon Bramhall admitted to branding the liver of two patients with his initials. Just how shocking was that story? Do take a look if you don't know it. Did you get the month and year? It was December 2017. And to think that we moaned about the quality of life back then, huh? Today's story comes from Skipton in Yorkshire, which is around 25 miles northwest of the home of world football, Leeds. It has a population of around 15,000 and it's a wonderful place. I once went out with a girl from there and had some wonderful times exploring the beautiful local scenery 
but she turned out to be a little weird. She didn't like the Mighty League United or true crime. I know, it's hard to believe there are some people like that out there. What a bunch of weirdos. But in January 2018, on a cold, clear day, Skipton was a sad place, as hundreds lined the streets for the funeral of one of their own, 30-year-old Jodie Wilshire, who had been murdered on the 21st of December 2017. Hundreds lined the streets to pay their respects, with many following the family's request that they wear pink, which was Jodie's favourite colour. She loved pink. The church where the service was held was the same one where Jodie had been married in 2011. Her coffin was carried in and out of the church service to the song The Sound of Silence by metal band Disturbed. The reverend who led the service said, We have pink in the flowers. I've got pink ribbons on the vestments I'm wearing. It is just a joy and it is just a sign of another way that Jodie was. She just loved to share things with so many people. She was always sharing photographs of her four-year-old daughter Megan and Malcolm, her husband, and herself on Facebook because she just loved life. Her husband Malcolm, a keen sportsman with particular interest in boxing and rugby union, said that the funeral should be seen as a celebration of his wife's life, adding that their daughter was his wife's greatest achievement. He said, they weren't just mother and daughter, they were best friends, which was beautiful to see. There were so many tearful tributes with one friend saying, she was a lovely girl, she was so in love, they were just the perfect relationship, they were so in love with each other and I just can't really believe it. Another said, she was such a happy, friendly person, a truly lovely woman and very popular. So just who was Jodie Wilshire and what had happened to her? Jodie had lived in Skipton all her life and was very close with her mum, Nicole, as she grew up. It was just the two of them and Jodie's mum Nicole gave her away at her wedding. She went to college to study makeup and then met her husband Malcolm and had their daughter Megan. Skipton is a close community and Jodie was still close friends with a number of her old school friends as well as those she later met via college and work. As well as a love of cats, she was well known for being a fun, happy, smiling friend who could be relied on. Jodie had been working at Tesco in Skipton, but at the time of her death, she was working at the Aldi supermarket in the town. At Aldi, she was well known for her outstanding levels of customer service, whether on the till or around the store. On the morning of her murder, Jodie was excited about Christmas and was wearing the Christmas jumper she had worn to take her daughter to see Father Christmas, as her daughter delighted in the joy that this brings to any wide-eyed, four-year-old excited about the oncoming festivities ahead. On the morning of her murder, she posted a picture of her cuddling her daughter in bed, also innocent, also excited for the future. It was just before 3.30pm that 44-year-old Neville Horde entered the Aldi store. Horde, who owned his own plumbing business, was known to Jodie, as until recently he'd been dating her mum, Nicole, in a relationship which had lasted for 15 months. But the relationship hadn't ended well in the September just gone, as Neville had jealously attacked her mum in the early hours of the morning, leaving her with a broken arm and was facing charges over the attack. He'd made it very clear to Jodie that he felt that Jodie herself had played a role in the breakup. Frankly, 
he was jealous of the incredibly close relationship between the mum and the daughter. Her mum had found Neville increasingly controlling and he had tried to distance her from her daughter and her other friends and family. Following their split after the violent incident, despite being on bail, Neville had also made threats to kill Jodie. Jodie had even sent a text to a friend of hers saying of Nord, apparently he's going to kill me. Neville was due to appear before magistrates on a domestic violence charge the next day, the 22nd of December, so it's fair to assume that Jodie was more than surprised to see him in the store. Neville Horde spotted Jodie and walked towards her. As he reached her, his pace changed and he struck quickly, launching into the most brutal attack on Jodie, stabbing her several times and even when they had both fallen to the floor, he continued to stab her. People in the packed store, many with children, were horrified at what they could see. They were screaming in panic as people began to register the horror of just what was happening in front of them. Horde was jumped on by some brave members of the public, who wrapped him in cling film and restrained him with a belt before the police arrived a few minutes later. There was an eerie silence. Trolleys packed with families' Christmas shopping were left stranded as they stood, as terrified customers had either fled the store or been evacuated by staff. One witness described how she heard loads of screams, then saw the body of Jodie on the floor and Nord pinned down as everybody screamed and ran up and down the supermarket. She said, I just saw the aftermath. I was so scared, I ran off. Police were soon on the scene, and Nord was cuffed as paramedics desperately worked on Jodie. Rather than showing any empathy for her and what he had done, all he could say while being arrested was, it's all her fault. She is to blame. Meanwhile, Jodie lay still, covered in blood, there was a pool of blood all around her. She was clearly seriously injured. And although the paramedics and passers-by tried to save her life, her injuries were so severe that she wasn't able to be saved and Jodie was pronounced dead at the scene on the floor of the Audi supermarket. Jodie Wilshire was just 30 years old when she died. The cause of death was later established as stab wounds to her chest and her abdomen and it was later discovered that Jodie had suffered five slash wounds and 11 stab wounds in total. To give an idea of the level of ferocity, one of the stabs had actually bent the knife. Detectives quickly recovered Horde's car after the attack in the car park at Aldi, where they also found a crossbow, along with 50 bolts, a large amount of diesel and cable ties. By the next morning, the Aldi store was still shut, but a collection of flowers and other tributes had been left outside. One read, To our dear, beautiful, sweet friend, we are broken. Sorry we never got our girls' night. Here's a glass to you. Detectives had the full CCTV of the murder, and Horde freely admitted that he was responsible. Looking into his background, detectives weren't surprised to see that in addition to the attack on Jodie's mum, a previous partner confirmed that Horde had made violent threats to her, telling her that he would kill her, and her young son, if she left him. She said that he told her, I'll chop the pair of you up, bury you on the moors. And Horde had also been violent towards the mother of his two sons. She told how she had suffered consistent violence, and that he regularly pinned her up against the wall and yanked her hair. But he was careful, careful never to leave visible marks. 
Hoard told detectives that Jodie's murder was planned and had been for a while. And the motive was simply that he blamed Jodie for the breakdown of his relationship with her mum. He calmly explained the level of planning that had gone into the murder. Whilst Jodie and her family were blissfully unaware and excitedly planning Christmas, he spent two weeks planning this public killing, fitting a tracking device to Jodie's car which he managed to link to her mobile phone so he could monitor her movements at all times. He'd extensively researched methods of attack online and to be sure he was equipped for the grisly task, he bought two knives, an axe, a crossbow and had even begun making inquiries about buying a gun. He told how on the afternoon he killed Jodie, he went into the busy supermarket with the knife, but he then left the store so he could get his axe for what he called backup, calmly stopping for a coffee in the next store McDonald's before returning to attack Jodie. He said to detectives that as he approached her, she'd smiled at him just before he unleashed his monstrous attack. Before his trial, Hord's family released a statement which read, Neville's family wished to express our sincere condolences to Jodie's family at what should have been a time of joy and happiness for them. We are trying to understand. It has affected both families very deeply. No words can convey our sorrow for this tragic turn of events. At a packed Bradford Crown Court, Neville Hoard pleaded guilty to murder. The judge paid tribute to those brave shoppers who had intervened to restrain Hoard after his attack on Jodie. The judge also ordered the destruction of the CCTV, which graphically showed Jodie being attacked, saying he did not want the video to fall into the hands of those who take pleasure in such sadistic things. In a statement read to the court, Jodie's husband, Malcolm, told how his life and that of his daughter, Megan, had been ripped apart, describing how Megan and her mum had that unbreakable bond. He said that his daughter has told him, I hate you, Daddy for not bringing mummy back. You're not trying hard enough. She then says, Daddy, can't I have a brother or sister anymore? Or won't mummy ever be a granny now? And he described how his daughter had been looking forward to opening her Christmas presents with her mum and how the family had had a trip to Disneyland planned on Boxing Day. She should have died with family and people she loved around her, not on a supermarket floor with him being pinned down two metres away. He deserves to rot in hell. Malcolm added, I'm so scared that he'll get out and do something to Megan. Sentencing Hall to 30 years in prison, the judge echoed comments that Hoard had used in an interview with doctors following his arrest when he had said, what I did was extreme, but I am not a monster. The judge clearly felt very differently as he fixed his stare at the dock and said, you are a monster, Mr Horde, adding that he was truly and horribly rotten to the core. You sentenced her in your mind to death. You chose a time and a place to, in effect, execute, to kill, to murder. Your responsibility for your actions is total. The evidence in this case is utterly overwhelming. The act was calculated to cause her and her family the maximum pain, horror, shock and trauma. Trauma, I suspect, will last forever. The act of killing her was solely and graphically revenge, a savage and frenzied act. It's right your venom was directed solely at Jodie, as you are one of the persons who only can see your own problems. Any regret you have 
it's because of the effect on you. The judge assured the family that the killer may spend the rest of his life behind bars, saying, Malcolm's fears for Megan perhaps can now be laid to rest. Horde showed no emotion as he was taken down to the cells to begin his sentence, with the words of the judge ringing in his ears that he was unlikely to ever be free and would die in prison. Jodie's uncle spoke movingly outside court about Jodie, he said. On the 21st of December 2017, life as we knew it changed when Jodie was murdered. She was a big part of the lives of so many people, including her loving family and friends. Our world was torn apart and will no longer follow the path that we all thought we would tread. This has been an extremely traumatic experience and we have had to try and come to terms with our loss and try to understand why Jodie was killed. Our beautiful girl has gone to heaven without mercy or hesitation. Her precious life was taken in a planned and determined attack to murder her. Our complete and utter loss has destroyed us all. We will never come to terms with her death and our hearts will never heal from the sadness we feel. All we can do is try to rebuild our lives and stay strong for all our family, including Malcolm and Megan. They have all our love and support moving forward. In 2017, Horde's lawyer successfully appealed his sentence, which was reduced from 30 years to 27 years. So what do you make of what we've heard today? I think it's impossible for anyone to look at the pictures online of Jodie, Malcolm and Meghan and not feel terribly emotional at the destruction of their family, with so much to look forward to. Not just to seeing Meghan opening her Christmas presents and then going to Disneyland on Boxing Day, but the rest of their lives that stretched in front of them. And although Horde had a track record of domestic violence and was controlling, who could ever have predicted that he would target his ex-partner's daughter in such a shocking fashion? As Jodie's husband said, this wasn't the way that Jodie shouldn't have died, in the place of her work, with the murderer being restrained just feet away. In fact, she should still be there now, shouldn't she? With Megan, with Malcolm, her family and friends, enjoying her life. I can't stop thinking of the public violent death, which is in such contrast to the way that Jodie lived her life. Once more, can you imagine what it must have been like in that packed Audi that day, with spirits high as people shop for Christmas? But then in that moment, everything changed. And poor Jodie must have been so terribly frightened when she saw the knife and realised she was being attacked. Horde will die in prison, so will not be able to hurt anyone else. But the damage has already been done with so many lives ruined by his actions. I wonder how he feels as he sits in his cell as you listen to this podcast. Is there now any remorse? Oh, God, frankly, who cares? Who cares about Horde? In this story, I haven't gone into his previous life in any detail, as I don't want this episode to focus on him in any way at all. It's about Jodie, her family and her friends, and we all wish them well for the rest of their lives. Before we finish today, I just want to add the following without comments from me. Jodie wasn't the only woman who died at the hands of a man in 2017. 139 women were killed by men in that year, with two in five of the cases involving excessive violence. The latest femicide census, drawn up by the charity Women's Aid and campaigner Karen Ingala-Smith, suggested that 58 of the deaths featured overkilling, where more violence is used than is necessary to kill the victim. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. To discuss this story or any other aspect of UK true crime, please do head to the Facebook group where there are over 44,000 of us now. And to support the show, please do head to patreon.com where you can access bonus episodes and other content, including next week watching a live recording of the podcast. If you're driving, please do try to contain your excitement. And the two months free membership on Patreon is still available if you sign up for an annual subscription from as little as £16 a year. What is there not to like? For all the information, just head over to patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. So that's all for me for another week. Get yourself over to Witchy Woo for your 20% discount. And if you haven't done so already, then get over to CrimeCon to secure your ticket for the main event of next summer. And don't forget to use the code UKTC to claim your discount. So until we speak again next week, thanks again for taking the time to listen to the UK True Crime Podcast. Not easy to state the 37th most popular UK true crime podcasts without you listening, so thank you. On that bombshell, until we speak again next week, do please take it easy, and most of all, despite the others, trust me more than ever this week, I understand that all the others make it very, very difficult, but do stay classy.